Hi and welcome to This is the Coin Podcast. My name is Rodney Moses. On this episode, we talk about community health and why we need it now more than ever. And with me is Evans Masharia, a community health worker, public health officer, and founder of Vijana African Voices Initiative. Eh? Yes. And uh, he's also a Yali alumni of 2020 yes. and the chairman of uh, Yali Kiambu chapter. Yes. Karibu sana, Evans. Asante sana, Rodney, for the, that warm introduction. <laughs> hey, thank you. Uh, yes. So... And clearly, you, you're a man who has so many hats, yes. and you have quite an experience when it comes to community health work and basically involving yourself with the community. Yeah. I want us to begin and, and talk about what community health, what community health really involves. What what does community health involve? Yes. Uh, basically, for for a community, a community to are basically the people who are. You live together among uh, in your village in wherever you are the, the people who surround you in that particular point. So basically, how health and community how does it intertwine with each other? You find that uh, for health starts in the community where an individual gets sick and they require support from the health providers. So basically, at the entry point, we call the community health volunteers, which I'm part of it, uh, whereby. So health basically entails all the people who come together to ensure that the well-being of the people, the well-being of the community, and ensuring that uh, prevention, we always say, is better than cure before it reaches even to, to the hospital level. So basically how the community is impacted by health is by the people who, who are involved in ensuring that uh, health is and uh, ensuring that prevention is uh, kept in the community yeah. and uh, ensuring that the, the small small diseases does not accumulate or uh, evolve to be something major in the community mm. yes um i was looking back at, at when when the pandemic started mm-hmm. and when people were being admitted sure sure for for covid sure. and it got to a point where the government had to involve community workers yes 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 and i i think for the first time personally for me that's when i, I really had the importance of the community, community health volunteers yes. especially from the government side yeah because they had community health volunteers go mm. check up on people who are in isolation yeah, yeah. know how they are doing they do follow up yes yes, yes. yes. so it, it, it really is an important yeah aspect especially in public health true, 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 true. and I think one one of the questions that I'd love to, to really, or one of the things that I'd love to really know is yes. in the whole structure of of the of of health, the right? of health, yeah, of health of, yeah. yes. Why has it been that the community health workers have not been given that much attention? Because, but I also looking at. The importance of community health workers yeah, back sure. when the hiv pandemic hit mm. the community health workers were a very important tool in the fight against hiv yeah, sure, sure. and we can say to a great extent it's been won mm-hmm. and it's not the way it was 10 years ago true, true, true. so why are the community health workers not given that much importance i, I think by the term volunteer always uh, makes it uh, 
a tiny line to differentiate them from a health worker uh, and uh, somebody who is embraced by the government to be paid to do the actual health because for a community health worker it's it's more about passion and volunteering and also enjoying what you do yeah. and you also find that uh, their impact is not as much felt rather than when a doctor sees you maybe a dentist and removes your tooth you yeah. see that is an evidence of health but if the community health volunteer goes and teach your children on proper hygiene of dental health care. You see, those are things that are not measurable yeah. in terms of how do you pay them. Yes. So you find that during the COVID-19 pandemic, we saw the health structure of the country even being shaken by the pandemic because yes. you find that we don't have structures because it came to a point where people felt safe being at home rather than being at the hospital because when you go to the hospital, there is not enough uh, healthcare workers to, to cater for you. So you'd rather stay at home with your sickness. And you found that most people would die at home. But when you see that the community health volunteer, yes, they are not being paid, or rather they are paid a small token, you'll find that it's about the willingness to, to serve the community. And you find that they, they had a huge impact because they, they know the people of the community, they know these people need this. Maybe the diabetic wouldn't go to the hospital to get the, their medication because they are at high risk of maybe COVID-19. So you find that they follow up, they do home tracing, they do linkages of uh, different uh, healthcare services. And community health pro uh, volunteers are a linkage between the community and, and also the health structure, I would say, because you'll find that uh, the community volunteers are mostly are used by the health providers because they know individual household and how that particular family is in terms of not necessarily in terms of health but also financially stability also in terms of the level of uh, how they can be impacted in a in a particular scenario yeah yeah, yeah. I would say they have been a huge impact in the fight against even COVID-19 because they also do community education and sensitization and they are made aware of the impactful uh, things that happen uh, in, in the health structure. So um, you, you also bring an important aspect of educating the community so, uh, even before they get to visit a, a, a health center. Yeah, yeah. Because when you look at, um, for example, now that people are being vaccinated, True. if people don't really know what the vac vaccine is all about, yeah, exactly. and you find people uh, deep in, in, in the machinani, yeah. most of them don't they, even know what... Like uh, it's something that it's abroad, it yes. doesn't involve them. Yes. So, so they don't know why, why, why get the Pfizer vaccine, why, why is it important? Mm. And you bring an important aspect of educating the community. The community. Exactly. And I think in my, in my mind, when, when you speak of a community, mm -hmm. that's the lowest, um, what, what do I say, like the lowest card of people in a community. Yeah, so true. people who really are not that much educated, yeah. they don't mm -hmm. visit health uh, facilities that often, True. they don't get to know what is happening around them exactly. and you'd be surprised that even in urban areas mm -hmm. we have such a group of people yeah, who don't true. even know what is happening yeah. and maybe a town center is only a few kilometers away yeah. but they don't really know what is happening 
why did you yeah, yeah. you know even so, the importance of wearing a mask as yes. an individual yes so speak to us about the importance of edu- education in community health aspect. I, I always believe that edu- uh, knowledge is power and uh, when you give someone knowledge you have given him the tool and the skills to to prevent uh, themselves or to be uh, armored to fight against any uh, any any disease or any anything that may come across them. So I always say uh, community engagement in terms of having uh, education to them and uh, sensitizing them on different aspects of the community or health aspect of it would say that uh, that is very key. And we always say. Uh, prevention is better than cure. Mm. You'd rather know how to prevent yourself from getting a particular disease rather than uh, being ignorant and then making the disease driven to erupt to even something uh, greater that may not be manageable. And you find that most cases, even in the in our health facilities, are are cases that can be managed at at home at point of entry even before we get to there in terms of. You, you find that people suffering from maybe high diabetes and other diseases, you find that the lifestyle you live, you know, the, how do you educate the, the, the community on lifestyle, the importance of a healthy diet, exercising, is all those aspects, when the community are made aware of those particular aspects of it and how they would treat certain illnesses in terms of the warming the small small things yes. uh, vaccinating your child on polio before they reach five years all those aspects it will make the community aware that certain diseases you find that they can be prevented and uh, they can make us as we want to have a sustainable development goal of uh, well-being and health, good health and well-being of the community will also achieve that through sensitizing the community on a different aspect of promoting health in our community. Yes. On how to treat small, small things in the community. Use of when you have a call, you can take lemon tea, all that. You see, the community sometimes we, we, we lack the knowledge on how to, to approach certain uh, things and that uh, is a cause and uh, can lead to even more damage to even our body. Yes, because for instance, maybe you. I'll give an example when somebody takes you have a cold and then you take antibiotics. So over time, you develop resistance to antibiotics. You see, and that is something when you get maybe a, a huge uh, cough or a, a different bacterial infection, it will make be hard to treat the antibiotics with the antibiotics. So. Knowledge, I would say, is a very impactful thing and a very critical thing when it comes to uh, ensuring the community have health or have a uh, well-being and good health in, in, in life. Yeah. Uh, continuing on that education aspect and, and giving people knowledge, yeah. I saw there was a time you were doing um, I don't know if it was a question and answer session on yes. contraceptives, yeah. especially among young people. True. Um, it was it was quite interesting. Uh, some of the messages that messages that you got. Yeah. Uh, if if it's okay, would you share with us what you find found out and especially ab- about contraceptives? Yeah. Young True. I think I'll just give us a summary of or a brief 
idea of what was happening without even mentioning them because I got different answers from different youths. You know, the technology has grown over time and uh, we use, we can use a lot of platforms to educate the community and uh, how you engage with the community will also help you to know what, how to solve particular problems. So on this particular time, it was on World uh, Contraceptive Day, we wanted to educate the community, especially the youth, because they are ignorant about contraceptive and uh, we wanted to educate them and see their concept of about contraceptive on on how they, they regard contraceptive in their life so we got many different answers and uh, weird answers i would say also because we find that people really don't have the right knowledge about particular uh, in terms of contraceptive because most of them would say me and my and my partner i uh, use we withdraw as a method of family planning yeah. and you find that statistically withdrawal is not a method of preventing pregnancy or a method of family planning because there's a, also a slight chance that you might get pregnant because of a certain percentage of we call it the precum that comes before ejaculation so people were not really aware of uh, because you find that there's high uptake of uh, p2 uh, commonly known, it's commonly known as P2 in the in our common pharmacies, but it's emergency contraceptive. And there's this, there has had, there have been a huge misuse of P2 because you find that for P2 to be used, you must use it. It's an emergency contraceptive. You are not supposed to use it often. You find that most of our girls, I would say, it's like uh, over the counter thing, sweet. I would say because you find that. Uh, Monday you take P2 because you, you, are, you know you will prevent yourself from getting pregnant and you find that this has a high impact on fertility rate and in terms of abortion all that because you find that P2 has an effect to your womb or your uterus in how it reacts with your uterus because it's an emergency pill and if you take over the weekend every weekend every weekend back to back you will find that it's an emergency pill that is supposed to be taken four or twice in a year. Ah, okay. You see how you see how it can be yeah. harmful to your body. Something that is, is taken four or twice in a year, taken on a daily, on a weekend basis. Like we say, a year has that six weeks. So you see that six times in a week, and you're supposed to take it four times in a year or twice as per the doctor's prescription. So. <laughs> basically opening the, the the idea of we need to know these things it's important for us to, to know even the youth especially the youth we, we have become more ignorant in matters that of our health because we assume certain things and we take it as it's normal for us to take it over the weekend and so that so even we find that the the chemist or the the those particular people who sell the, the drug, yes. it, they take it as a, a normal thing. Yeah. So you find that when you're educating the people, you, you'd rather tell them to take the long term because it's helpful to their body and it, it's, it, it won't be, um, it won't have a harm to their body. Yes. yes. So we also educated them because some of them saying, uh, were saying that uh, some of the family planning have side effects. So, we encourage them before you take any contraceptive that is in terms of pill, in terms of 
injectables in terms of uh, IUCD, the coil. You have to consult your doctors to know that how your hormones are, uh, are and how which is favorable to your body so that you can not have an, a reaction to, to, the, to those particular family planning products. So you see, the key is to inform and give information because uh, most of the girls who are most of my platform were the girls who are giving experiences of how they use contraceptive and you find that most people from that platform were encouraged and had the willingness to take a different approach in, in terms of contraceptive instead of taking the, the P2 which might be harmful to their body in that in a, in a long run. Yes. That's, that's very interesting and educated. It's actually interesting, actually. I, I really learned a lot also, also because I didn't know people. You assume that people know certain things, but at the, end, at the back of their mind, they, they know the wrong thing. But giving them a platform to know this is what should be done, this is the right thing, this is not a, a thing, like a withdraw, withdraw, because <laughs> most of the girls assume withdraw. Yeah? And at times you find that the girls who said they took withdraw as their method of uh, contraception found that they were pregnant later, later on because uh, it backfired or... Uh, so several girls got babies from withdraw as a, as a family planning method. Right. You, you say that it was interesting that more ladies were engaging in yes. uh, that, that particular session yes. more than guys. Yes. Does it mean that guys are not that interested? Is it that they're not affected as much? I think it's just uh, the aspect of uh, it's the girl who will get pregnant. So uh, why do I, should I care? Yes. The girl is the one who should, who should uh, take care of herself. So I think in terms of men being involved, you find that most of the contraceptives in the market are aimed at cons to be consumed by the culture or the or, or women as I in general. So you find that men, the 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 method of family planning available for them is not even favorable to them because that you find that vasectomy. So vasectomy, they say, ah, would you rather would you rather I stop having children? So they always assume the family planning matter is it's a, it's a matter of the of women but i, I think it's, it's it's in time for both as we try to ensure gender equality and support to the to your partner you be there when they choose the particular family planning method they want to use and also to show support to to their partner yeah so in terms of men being involved i think uh Women are said to be the cavemen, so we don't always tend to open up in certain things to, to new things. So I think the aspect of being a caveman also limits us from exploring new new things. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now I want us to talk about investment in the healthcare sector, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's from a a community level mm -hmm. investment mm -hmm. uh, from a national perspective of investing in health, yeah. whether it is count, county level because now health is devolved. Yeah, true. And I, I I had an interview some some, some time in my previous episode with someone who works on mental health. Yeah. And I was reading the mental health uh, report.
report released last year. True. And in that report, it was interesting to note that only 3.6 million is needed to facilitate running of a community mm-hmm. level. Yeah. In, in a community level. Mm-hmm. So you, you think of it and 3.6 million isn't a lot of money. Yeah, true. Considering we lose 2 billion every, every day. Every day, exactly. 3.6 million is quite an investment only true. on mental health. True, true. So I, I know maybe you're not there yet from a, a place where you will you put up policies mm. and implement policies, true, but at least you're someone who's working in the government, the government and, and, and you know really what, what is really needed. True, so true. do you think we need to invest more? Do we need to be more prudent with the investment that we put in place? Why are we not investing as much? I think during the pandemic we saw our health structure. It was shaken in a way we have never, we were even scared yes. because you, you couldn't go in a health facility and say you'll get uh, health services because you find that most of our health stra- uh, facilities did not even have certain equipment to facilitate uh, the upcoming of the COVID-19. The, in terms of oxygen, in terms yes. of even beds, you find that people share beds even at this point mm. and you are like, we are losing two billion in a day. So yeah. where is the money going? Yeah? So I think the foundation of the health structure should be in a community base because when you take care of your community when you take care of particular household and individuals then it won't be as much hard to take care of a whole nation or a a county so putting out structures or even the small dispensers because you find that for an individual to get health services Maybe you take even two cars to get to a particular health facility yeah. that can offer you quality service. Yes, yes. You might have a dispensary, and you find that there is one clinician who who dispenses drugs, who is the same consultation, who also gives uh, labor to to women. You see, like the, it's one individual to take care of all the things. But you find that when you focus on particular communities, like individual household levels, and in terms of uh, how do we change our lifestyle in terms of education empowering the healthcare volunteers you see if you empower them to a point that they can offer services to individual homes they don't have to go even to a health facility they won't reach a point they need to go to the hospital because yes. they'll have been sorted at home yes. and it will also limit the the transport in terms of transport and the cost the wasting time yeah. to go for queue lines you see yeah. so investing in particular individuals or household or community levels health facility would really be impactful and also investing in people you know, the community health volunteers have taken that like but you find that when you empower them they will also they are the pillars of the community, I would say, because they know everything about that community. So in case cholera outbreak occurs, you know what point, at what point was the entry level of that cholera outbreak. In case of polio, in case of vitamin A, because like currently they are being issued, the chamber are being issued with vitamin A. They use people of the community, the community as volunteers. So you see those minor minor of how to treat the small diseases before they become impactful would be really really change the health structure that we would be needing 
many beds to treat yes. certain diseases. You know, we'll be investing now in now in terms of quality of the services being provided. You see, and you find that those money being embezzled, lost, one way or another, would be really impactful even in adding uh, the health providers also be used to appreciate the health volunteers because most of the time it's a, it's more of passion and commitment and seeking out to serve the community rather than being paid but if you appreciate them and you show them this is a token of appreciation they will really do a lot and a great work will be done in the community yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I think also uh, for me, before I became even a, a public health officer, I, I used to see my mom. My mom is a community health volunteer and uh, how she, you know, as a community health volunteer, you are given uh, a hundred household where you go and check their well-being, how they are doing uh, in terms of if the, a, a girl was pregnant, how is the baby going on, has, have they been vaccinated, all that, all that. So it made me have a passion and also commitment to serve my community in one way or another. And whatever you see, it also builds you. You see, in the community, you have role models. So yes. they structure you to be part and parcel of a, of a good community. Yeah. Um, so as we, as we conclude, I want us to talk about the JANA African Voices Initiative. Yes. Um, when when did this idea come come in? What and what does it what does the Jana African Voices Initiative involve? Uh, so for me, the idea came in uh, in terms of I've, I've been working in community health services, and we find that most programs are focused on empowering the culture, and we 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 as a community have been ignorant, and uh, we have ignored the boy child. Uh, for so long that the girl child have reached a level where the boy child is like down, 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 yes. down. Yeah. So the idea came to me when working with the empowering girls also saw the idea that we need to have an impact even in the boy child and we need to also focus on the boy child because where we are heading in the boy child, we have seen many cases of suicide, many cases of mental health because you know the boys don't really open up and they they don't really have someone to talk to because they as i said yeah we, we are considered to be cavemen and uh, to me the idea came that we need to have agenda equality in terms of how do we impact the community in terms of the services we offer to the community uh, how are we developing skills and all that so Vijana African Voices Initiative is uh, currently in its uh, structures whereby we want as many partners as possible to have impact in the boy child. Not necessarily the boy child, but also the main idea is to bring gender equality and have a positive masculinity because you find that for men, they are trying to compensate uh, because the girl child have been, uh, have been empowered to a point where the boy child need to compensate yes and the way to do that is violence and that this is why even in the COVID-19 period the losses of job because the man is the provider of the household you find that they need to compensate this is via violence so that they can be seen uh, they have dominance to over the, the female 
So bringing out structures and in terms of even contraceptive, how do we involve the, 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 the boy child or the men in general? And how do we have an impact to, to them as individuals? So having a gender balanced uh, equation on, on our intervention on how we empower them will bring about equality. And uh, as you all say, uh, money is the root of all causes. And uh, if we have equality in more, almost everything in terms of how do we have the skills, do we have uh, the capacity to to interact even with them. Because when you have, when you're saying the girl is the one to take care of the baby and you don't involve the man, so you see that there's inequality and we're trying to address uh, the gender equality as our sustainable goal for the millennium, uh, the sustainable goals, the, the goal number three. Yeah. So that is our main aim to bring equality and uh, in our interventions and have impactful skills and youth empowerment. Yes. So watch out for young, young uh, African, Vijana uh, African Voices Initiative. Uh, it's going to be big and it's going to be uh, amazing. Amazing. Uh, so. If anyone wants to to involve themselves with with this particular initiative, yes, if someone wants to be part of this initiative, mm -hmm. how do they get involved? How do get? Uh, so we are setting up uh, our platforms, uh, both in social media, in our emails, in our all aspects. But basically, when you can get involved by when we launch it, we'll have uh, a website where you can say how you do want to get part. Uh, participated uh, to participate in but mostly for us is we want to have fun as we have impact in the community and also create uh, in time over time we'll also want to create employment to yeah. some youth and uh, currently you can uh, so, <laughs> should i give my twitter handle or whatever yes you can also give because someone may want to to reach out to you in particular yeah, yeah, yeah. so if if they want to reach you, mm. uh, can just yeah, give us give us your email. Uh, so for if you want to reach us, you can uh, email us at Vijana African Voices Initi Initiative at uh, gmail.com or uh, on my personal uh, email macharyaevansm at gmail.com and uh, also on my personal social media account on Facebook uh, Evans Macharia Moita on uh, Twitter, uh, Macha at Evans, and uh, Instagram, Macha at Evans. Well, um, I think that's it for today. Yes. Um, we will definitely have you back in another episode true, to, true, true. to continue talking about health and community health in particular. Yeah, because I, I feel like that's a very important aspect that we have neglected for, for quite a while. True, and true, we don't true. pay attention to it. And it's, and it's a very important it's, it's very important in our community. Yeah, so yeah. thank you so much once again, Evans, yeah, for for gracing this particular episode. I'm welcome also. Uh, and mm. all the best in your in your initiative. Yeah, thank you. And thank uh, you. we'll have you back so that to tell us the progress of it, how far it's gone. True. true. Uh, what mm. are some of the achievements you've had? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, so thank you also for inviting me. It was a great opportunity, and as you have said, yes. the community is a big aspect yeah. uh, in terms of whatever we have just talked about is just an, a, a peak of the iceberg. Yeah. So we need to address it as it should be. And uh, 
yes it needs ample time and it needs a lot of stakeholders to be involved for it to become more uh, strategic and yeah. more successful successful as we try to ensure our communities are healthy and are of well-being thanks thank you thank you so much mm. uh if you guys want to reach out to Evans, uh, he's given out his social media. Make sure you you, you reach out to him um, and and be be involved in in, in, the, in his particular initiative. Sure, sure. Yes. And thank you so much for for my listeners. Thank you for always tuning in and listening. Sure. I'll uh, see you guys in the next episode. My name once again is Rodney Moses, and I am Evans Mashaya. Thank you. Thank you.